fidelity high, the people you dig, the records they love. Dean Wareham is the frontman and founding member of the critically acclaimed bands Galaxy 500 and Luna. Along with his wife, Britta Phillips, Dean is also one half of the duo Dean and Britta, and in 2005, the couple composed the score for Noah Baumbach's film The Squid and the Whale. In 2008, Penguin Press published his memoir, Black Postcards, A Rock and Roll Romance, to rave reviews, and Luna's 1995 album Penthouse was named one of the 100 best albums of the 90s by Rolling Stone. This year, Capture Tracks released the comprehensive Luna box set, Long Players 92 to 99. Hi, this is Dean Wareham from Luna and Galaxy 500. My fidelity high is Crazy Rhythms by The Feelies. So I was 16 years old in 1980, uh, which was a a good year. I saw a release of some great albums that are important to me, uh, London Calling by The Clash and and Closer by Joy Division. Um, But I I remember I read an an article in the Village Voice uh, about the feelies, and uh, I, I rushed downtown. Uh, and bought a copy of, uh, of of their album Crazy Rhythms. Um, anyway, the album was uh, I guess it's it comes out in 1980, so it's considered an, an 80s album. But it was recorded in 1979, and I, I you know I, I feel like it more properly belongs to the to the end of the 70s, whichever way, whatever. It's a it's what they would now call post punk, I guess. Earlier this uh, this year. This uh, box set came out of uh, singles on Orc Records, uh, and um, the Feelies have a have a have a couple of tracks in there that they recorded uh, for, for for that label, and they're very different. They sound really sound kind of like a like a like a punk band, and then apparently they just they the band did not like the way it sounded, and they were kind of re- and they're just in in the process of reinventing themselves, and uh, went back into the studio, and. Uh, and made this album, which uh, I, I think is unlike any other. The first song takes almost a full minute to fade in. It's called uh, "The Boy with Perpetual Nervousness," and it, it it just creeps in slowly with with like percussion and a couple of s- strummed strings on the guitar before the the, the whole band f- finally kicks in at, at about uh, one minute. And and then actually the, the whole album is kind of full of songs like that, things that like just fade in slowly and even fade out slowly. And sometimes I remember seeing the band live. Uh, they would actually do that live. They would, which you, you don't really see people do like fake, just keep get quieter and quieter and quieter and quieter at the, at the end of the song. But I've read that a, a lot of the album was the, the guitars were recorded by plugging them directly into the recording console instead of playing them through the through, through amps and, and miking them. And I, I think that's part of what gives it a strange sound. And also uh, that some, some of the, some of the drums, it doesn't quite, it doesn't feel like a drum, like a drummer sitting behind a drum kit. It feels like one, like a whole lot of percussion tracks, which I believe is the way they recorded it. Sort of one, one drum at a time. Um, which is actually an, another band who, who who were forced to work like that by their producer was uh, was Joy Division, and it just it gives the it it makes uh, uh, this record and I, I guess closer by Joy Division to sound kind of um, otherworldly. So there's a lot of um, 
instead of a drum kit, there's a, you know, there's a lot of woodblock or hand claps or a, a coffee can uh, being hit. It's all, uh, well, the album's called Crazy Rhythms. Well, I was just starting to get into to punk rock. You know, I was into the, I was into the, the Clash. They were, they were, for me, they were the most important band in the world at the time, I think. Um, and the Sex Pistols, but also things like uh, Young Marble Giants, Jonathan Richmond. I, I guess, you know, the other thing appealed to me about this is the, is the record cover, uh, looking at it, because they weren't dressed up. They didn't have mohawks. They didn't look like punk rockers. They looked like nerds. They wore like like vintage pleated pleated pants and V-neck sweaters. Um, something about that was was appealing to. I guess it's it's kind of retro. It's who they were as people. I've heard you know Chris France from the Talking Heads talk about his his fashion style too. He's like, look, uh, this is this is like this isn't a put on. We couldn't afford fancy clothes, so I was wearing the button down you know shirt that my mom gave me. You know what's what's amazing to me about this record is that you know, I've been listening to it for what oh, the geez, it's thirty six years now, and um, you you can go back to it and you, just, you it's so it's so densely layered that you just you hear things every time you hear different things. Whereas I think uh, uh, a lot of uh, pop records, great as they may be, are, are, are kind of uh, simple and. You, you know, you get it all after a couple of listens. I got to see them in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts when I was a student at Harvard. And they played at a tiny club. I just, I was so excited. I couldn't believe they were. So, you know, sometimes you, you think you're never ever going to get to see a band or a performer play live, play songs that you really want to hear. And then you see an announcement that they're doing it and you just, you can't believe it. I had a, I had a Curious George monkey that I'd had. <laughs> since I was a kid and I took it with me to this show and, and threw it at the band when they did, uh, they do a cover of the Beatles. Everything's, everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey. I kind of, I wish I still had that monkey actually. But I met the band years later um, at Town Hall in New York, which is almost their, their last series of gigs. It was right before they broke up uh, again. And I met I met Bill Billion, and he's like, "Oh, you're the guy with the monkey." But if I listen to um, to the earliest Galaxy 500 demos, like a song, like a walking song, it obviously sounds like a like a Feelys song, kind of badly played. We we played a lot slower than the Feelys, but certainly that they were a huge. I mean, I think the big influences on us really were the the Feelys, Jonathan Richmond. Big Star, The Velvets. Those are, I don't know. Let's think. Those are the things that we were listening to a ton of. The the, the drummer on the on the Crazy Rhythms album is Anton Fear, and uh, he was replaced um, ultimately by Stanley Damaski. They also had uh, a percussionist, Dave Weckerman. There were a few shows where they had uh, apparently had three drummers on stage, but uh, yeah, ultimately Anton Fear departed to do uh, other things and um stanley damaski became their drummer and he's uh, he's still their drummer but i'd gone to see them at uh, at town hall in 1991 the feelies that is 
And this was right when I was putting Luna together. And uh, so I saw those shows. And then I think I, about a week later, the Feelies uh, broke up. So we uh, we in, in Luna were not thrilled with our drummer. So we, I, I immediately uh, got in touch with Stanley Domeski. I think he was not quite ready to be in another band yet, but uh, but he was great. That was uh, that was that was thrilling for me to to play with the legend. Yeah, it's really hard to uh, to pick just one song from this because it's really it's an it's an album that's perfect from 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 beginning to end. And by that, actually, I mean from song one to nine, and. Um, because uh, there are subsequent CD editions that add other songs, but but um, I think I have to go with the title track, and that's uh, the, the, which is the final track. It's uh, Crazy Rhythms. Thanks for listening to Fidelity High. For an extended version of this episode, including songs from the featured artists, please visit fidelityhigh.com.